welcome to Inclusive This. I'm your host, Sarah Kerwin, and this is a movement for disability equity. Today, we're talking with my very dear friend and fellow multiple sclerosis warrior, Donia Marie, and we're here celebrating MS Awareness Month. Donia was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and currently resides in Los Angeles, California. She holds an undergraduate degree in business administration from NCCU and a master's degree in corporate finance and project management. Donia has been featured in MS Momentum Magazine and several National Multiple Sclerosis Society campaign videos, including Living with Resilience and We Believe. She is also a district activist leader where she works with government officials to promote MS policy and legislation in both Sacramento, California and Washington, D.C. However, Donia says the most important thing she's done was become a self-help group leader. She's currently the facilitator for the YPG Self-Help Group, which is a group for adults in their 20s, 30s, and 40s. And seeing the need for a self-help group for teens, she founded MS Youngsters in 2017. This group of high school and college students lovingly refer to her as their MS Mama. True to her reputation, Donia does not let MS or anything else stand in her way or dim her light. She has an amazing ability to see the bright side of every situation, and she desires to show people another perspective when life presents seemingly insurmountable challenges. Donia is a wonderful friend, an example of what it means to make the necessary adjustments in order to continue living a full life. She is determined not to compare herself to others but to focus on her blessings and who God designed her to be as she continues to live on the bright side. Good morning, my friend, and welcome to Inclusive This. Good morning. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to have you here today. We're celebrating MS Awareness Month together. Woo-woo! Yes, (laughs) woo-woo! I feel like it was just March, or it's still March, or March never ended. So hasn't it been MS Awareness Year? I think so. I I really do. And I think we should have an MS Awareness Year. Right? I wonder if we can do that. That would be awesome. Because people need to know. Good question. You were officially diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in 2006. Right. And I believe you were diagnosed when you were living in Atlanta, correct? That is correct. I um, I was living in Atlanta and probably should have been diagnosed in 2004. But yeah, definitely in Atlanta. And thank God for my mom that's like, you need to go to the emergency room. Yes, thank goodness. As a Black woman in America, how would you describe the care that you received from your providers? One of the things that we've really talked about are the inequities in healthcare for the Black and Brown communities. And I'm wondering if you feel that it took longer for you to be diagnosed because you're a woman of color. Can you talk about some of the barriers that you faced with providers and with the healthcare system during the diagnosis process? I guess for me, it was a little different. Um, my father was diagnosed with primary progressive MS in 2004. Um, when I first started feeling the symptoms or feeling MS, um, they, the doctor, you know, had me go do all this testing and all of that. And I was 24 at the time. And the, um, 
after everything was over, the doctor's like, nothing's wrong with you. Like, I don't see anything. And I'm like, mm. and I said, my, I was like, my dad was diagnosed with MS. He's like, oh, that's what it is. Like, aha. And it's like, and I'm not going to listen to you. And so my symptoms, they went away. I may have adjusted. I don't know, but I wasn't dealing with them. And then uh, two years later, when my body went numb from my chest down. What was that like? Did you just wake up in the morning? Um, it, it was like gradual. Like I really felt it um, in like my stomach area and like my hands. And um, it wasn't numb like uh, I'm going to collapse or anything like that. But it was just like a weird sensation throughout my body. And I'm like, what is going on? And that's when my mom's like, you need to go to the emergency room. And um, I went there and they're like, you need to see a neurologist. But like, so the the diagnosis part of that, um, like when I went to a neurologist and he had me do like these hours of MRIs and he's like, yeah, it's consistent, you know, with MS. But I think for me, the um, treatment after MS, it's like, I just had to fight for it. Example. Um, when I was in Atlanta, it was um, physical therapy. I'm like, no, that's what I want to do. And so it's more so I just had to keep saying what I want. And even now, like, I I have been blessed. I speak up. And so people haven't been able to um, take advantage or like, like kind of like, she's crazy. We're not doing that. But, you know, to keep asking. And so I've been fortunate to have a really good um, support system um, with my doctors and my doctor in Atlanta. She was a black woman. She's a um, uh, MS specialist, and so it was. You know, I was a little concerned about leaving her in Atlanta because I'm like, uh oh, not to go to people that don't care. But then I find this amazing neurologist right now. You know, who I we joke because I have another friend of mine goes to her and she's like, I'm going to mess around one day and say, I love you. I was like, I know, right? <laughs> We're ending. It's like, okay, I'm not going to make it awkward. <laughs> right. <laughs> say I love you, but yeah, I, but I'm grateful for that. So I don't want to, you know, bash, um, you know, the doctors or anything, but it's like, I actually have a good experience, but it, it, I also speak up. And I think that's important to advocate for yourself. Go, no, I, w- I want to do this. or I want to, you know, whatever it may be. And so it, it's been great. But even um, my doctor now, she she's an MS specialist and she'll, you know, actually, she won't push medication on me. You know, it's like, do you really want to do that? It's, you know, so because she's looking at the, you know, long term effects or like, let's try something else before we just medicate the symptoms. And so I really appreciate that about her. I really do. You know, I would say I'm actually envious of your current care team. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, but they they probably go see a little crazy. <laughs> like, let, let's just listen to the, the nut real quick. <laughs> no, I think that you're an incredible advocate for yourself and for other people who are diagnosed with MS and living with MS. And you do have a really good care team in place that you have fought for. Mm-hmm. And I would say that it does have partially to do with your ability to articulate, advocate and say what you want. 
And also the location that you're in, Los Angeles. You know, when I moved out of Los Angeles, I really, that's when I really learned how many opportunities there are for care in Los Angeles as compared to other places. So yeah, you do. Your providers are amazing. Yeah. Uh, they are amazing. And I know, I know some of them, so I do love them. Yeah. You know, you started to get involved a little bit later, around 2014, when you moved from Atlanta back to Los Angeles. You got involved with the MS Society and the UCLA MS Achievement Center. And it's interesting for me because I feel like, and please correct me if I'm wrong, we often get asked, well, when did you start getting involved? And the answer to that really is a range of times. It could be, you know, for me, it was right away because I think if I have structure, I somehow feel I have control. For other people, it takes them longer because they're still processing the diagnosis. Um, yeah. I don't know, you know, still kind of living between these two spaces. And then other people who really don't embrace that MS at all and, and don't get involved at all. So what prompted you when you moved back to LA, what prompted you to start getting services or, you know, UCLA MS Achievement Center is really cool. Just for our listeners who don't know, it's a space where people with MS go there. You do artwork, yoga, education lessons on, you know, I think I took a class there on newly, for newly diagnosed. I think it's newly, newly diagnosed. Mm Mm-hmm. They just offer these great programs. So what prompted you to get involved there? And then, I mean, that basically is what drove you into the work that you're doing now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, I'm going to back back up to Atlanta because um, Atlanta, to get places, you have to drive. And so, um, you know, it's not like I, when you say I'm going to run up the street, up the street could be 40 minutes away or you know whatever it may be but i i actually was seeking out the um ms society for my dad At, for some reason uh, it didn't really like um become a uh, priority for me to you know learn stuff on my own but also the ms society was very far from where i work like uh, for me to go from work and go to where the society was, it could take me two hours Wow! um, because of the distance and traffic. And so it wasn't really accessible, but I I didn't even, I didn't think to do, you know, like I I don't remember getting anything in the mail about classes or anything like that, but um, it's, it's amazing that I even got involved with the society when I moved back here, because um, the only reason why I was able to, start um, with the uh, National MS Society is because I didn't get a job I thought I was going to get. And so I applied for a class at USC. They um, they used to have a partnership with a USC oh. um, and the MS Society uh, called Optimal Living. Oh, yeah. Op- Optimal Living was where they... I feel like I took that too. Yeah. Yeah. Where they paired you with a... Um, did you? Yeah, with a, P, a PT and an OT student. Honestly, I'm like, what the heck is an OT? I don't, I don't know what that is. But the OT was probably the most life changing person, you know, for me. Just as far as taking a shower, like I, my fatigue would kick in, you know, while I'm in the shower. But like I'm using bar soap and I'm thinking and lathering and 
now it's time to get out. And I'm like, I'm too tired to lift my leg to get out of this tub. And she's like, why don't you use uh, liquid soap? And I was like, shut up. That is so smart. And I was able to, you know, get in and out of the shower with no problem. But like just little changes like that um, because of the OT. But um, I took the class. And the amazing thing is that the class was full. And literally like a day or two before the class started, I got a phone call saying, do you want you come so literally and I, I i joke about the lady because we've become friends i was like so if i would have had an attitude with you you know when the <laughs> class was full you wouldn't have called me huh <laughs> to say hey there, there's an available class so that could have gone like crazy like i sent you and, blah, blah, and it's like no don't do that you know just wait and so by me taking that class, that led to me volunteering with the society and learning about the Marilyn Hilton uh, MS Achievement Center. And so um, that's how I got a part of that. But just with the society, I am like, you know, I wasn't diagnosed with MS because God was bored. And it's like, let me give her something. I else love to... that line, right? Let me give her something. Yeah. Yeah, like she needed a little extra stress in her life. You know, it's like, hey, come on. I see Donia down there. So, I'll give her a little bit of it. Right. I see you in, in living life freely and not worrying about where to step. And you can just get in and out of this. So like, here you go. But I'm so grateful. I, I actually called it a privilege um, the other day to be diagnosed with MS because I'm able to help other people and just have an understanding. and. Just really quick, back to the doctors. Um, when, when I first came, I had to go to county hospitals um, because I didn't have insurance. And just seeing how people were treated in county and like just don't know better. I'm like, man, I just I could stay here all day. And it's like, no, you can say this or you can do that or, you know, you need to ask about that, like whatever. Um, but that is like the county hospitals are near and dear to my heart. You know, because it's like pe people need help and don't understand. But that is going back to where we were. But um, no, no, you're fine. And I just wanted to mention, you know, I worked in um, county hospital in L.A. And mm -hmm. the level of care and um, just the provider knowledge is outstanding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, there are amazing, amazing providers within the uh, L.A. County Department of Health Services. The, the problem, again, goes back to kind of the structure with, within which they have to work, right? It's like the wait times. There's not enough time for education. I mean, anyway, so yes, I, they, the county hospital system also holds a very uh, dear place in my heart. Yep, yep. Mm -hmm. Anyway, off that tangent, we'll go back to uh, Marilyn Hilton MS Achievement Center. Which is amazing. I, I, um, it's funny, um, when I first started going, um, you know, they do things for, uh, to help with cognition and one of them is word scrambles. And when I first started going, I was like, what, the, what language is this? This is not a word. You're telling me to unscramble. <laughs> like it's crazy. And so I would just look at it and I'd get like two or three. I'm like, oh, okay. It's coyote. Got it. You know, but as time went on, it it helped me like I can unscramble the words now. I can just glance at it really quick and I'm like, oh yeah, that's institution, you know, or whatever it may be. And so you don't realize and I was just telling Is that part of MS? 
Mm-hmm. But also, I mean, older, I mean, just getting older too. Like you, you want to, that's why I just um, said to the MS youngsters, I'm like, you guys, I'm like, do puzzles, do play games. You know, I like to, I play games on my phone, um, whether it's a word game, a math game, a puzzle, anything that causes my brain to use different areas. I do that um, just to help. Yeah, just to help, you know, so that that I'm not dealing with brain fog like that. So, yeah, but games are important, you know, and it's like, yeah, you, you think it's not, but it is. It really is. Would it be different, like, like if I'm sitting and working all day, right, like doing emails or doing work, is that different than if I would sit down and do a crossword puzzle or unscramble letters? Is that? No. That's probably more challenging to my brain, right? Yeah, but I mean, but it depends on your work. Like if you're responding to emails that you just go, yes, no, yes, no, then. Yeah, but I mean, but answering emails can be complicated, too, because sometimes you have to come up with a solution, think about it and all of that. So, um, so the, the really the point is to challenge your brain. Yep. That that is it. Challenge your brain, and don't feel like why am I playing a stupid game? Why am I doing this puzzle? Why am I, you know, whatever? It's like no, do it, you know. And even like a friend of mine bought a puzzle for me um, for Christmas, and um, it's called it's calm. It's like uh, a bunch of flowers, and it's a great um, puzzle. But it's like I didn't realize that putting a puzzle together would be so difficult now, you know, and just, and just even with your hands, using your hands and all of that. And so I'm grateful for that. Um, and always open, you know, to do things and whether it's painting, coloring, um, you know, get your creative side going. So, yeah, but it's, mm. it's fun. I tried knitting. I tried knitting. It was, oh, nice. didn't go well. It's okay. It's okay. We, <laughs> we can do it. Like we can get the little pegboard. We could try knitting or crochet. We could do something. I think maybe once a month we could have our arts and crafts. Ooh, yeah, we should mm-hmm. do that. I yeah. love that. Just don't ask me to be in a book club. Okay, so you, so after the Marilyn Hilton MS Achievement Center, you kind of dove into like all of this incredible advocacy work that spans like seven years. And you've done videos for the MS Society. You've done um, a lot of different work for them, which I shared also in your bio at the beginning. But what you said in your bio is that you say the most important thing you've done is become a self-help group facilitator. Absolutely. And that's really where your passion is. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us about how you got started and why you feel this is the most important and impactful area of your work. Yeah. Um, and just really quick, um, with the MS Society, I, I started actually volunteering um, with them first and doing like reading when they had scholarships, you know, reading those applications and stuff like that. And then it took months to apply for me to apply with um Marilyn Hilton. So, oh, okay. So it was the opposite. Yeah. So it kind of simultaneously, it it, it was kind of like at the same time where it's like class, okay, you can go to the office, but you still have to apply to that. But then, 
um, at Marilyn Hilton, you know, for a long time, which I love so much. But the self-help group, yes. This is where our lives intersected all those years ago in March of 2013. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, the, the funny thing, as a friend of mine told me about YPG. And I was like, wow, it's a support group for people my age. And yeah. And so I would go and I would forget. And then I remember at because once a month, second Saturday, uh, 10 to 12, and at 11.50, I'm like, oh, I didn't go. Missed it. Or, you know, anything like that. I just kept forgetting. And I'm like, man. So I, like, went a couple of times, and then it'd be forever. And I probably started, like, um, it took months for me to come consistently. But it was, like, the best thing. And just learning just different little tricks and things I qualify for. and being able to hang out, got new friends, you know, and it's like, I, Sarah can't get rid of me. Beth can't get rid of me. And I'm going to call and that's what I do. And, and now I know to call on purpose <laughs> just to say, I just wanted oh to see if you answer the phone. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's just funny to me. Um, You're lucky but yeah, I answer it's, every time. Yeah. It's okay. You better. <laughs> <laughs> like you better. For our listeners who don't know, um, could you talk a little bit about what YPG is? Yeah, so um, Young Professionals Group um, is what I was in. Hold on. I want to put a caveat on that. Yes, it is named Young Professionals Group, but we really pushed hard against that because I just want our listeners to know that not every young person who is diagnosed with multiple sclerosis is able to work and be a professional in the capitalistic definition of productivity. Yeah. And so now it's called Youthful Peers Group. Youthful Peers Group. I love that. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, you guys helped come with that name because I was like, I can't be coming in here doing this, but um, you want to back all the way up. And so I was coming and at the same time, the two of you had... uh, to go and do some amazing things. And I was like, oh, crap. And so to be asked, you know, to keep it going, it was like huge honor. And like, whenever you guys would come and I'm like, oh, wait, this is who started it and all of that. But I love the self-help groups. I think it's extremely important to have that community to know that you're not crazy, you know, and your symptoms you know, it's like, no, that, that actually is MS. It's okay. You know, or you should call this person or your doctor sucks. You need to ask for an MRI and, you know, just to be there for people, um, to help them understand MS and how to advocate for themselves and then programs available for them. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's wonderful. And, um, so YPG was started in, in March of 2013, and my friend Beth and I actually started it. And it's for people in their 20s, 30s, and 40s who have been diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. The reason that we started it is because I can't speak for everyone, but there are a majority of stories that we hear about self-help groups and when people who are newly diagnosed go to a self-help group. They have very poor experiences. Um, 
they're intimidated by durable medical equipment like wheelchairs, walkers, canes. That's intimidating when you walk into a new space when you are freshly diagnosed, right? I mean, it's just uncomfortable. Also, you have to look at the timelines of when people are diagnosed. So 30 years ago, we didn't have the options for medication that we have now. So the progression of the disease is also different between kind of these different uh, generations, I guess you could say. We wanted to look at the experiences of young people, 20s, 30s, and 40s, dating, marriage, pregnancy, doctors, um, you know, and really what we built, and I'm reading this, this book right now, it's called Care Work. They call it Collective Web. And I feel like that's what we built with YPG because it is this self-help group, but it also is this community of young people that I know at any time, regardless of if someone hasn't been to group in a while, that if I need something Mm -hmm. or if I need help, Mm -hmm. anyone will step up to the plate for me, anyone in that group. I think it's important to recognize that people have fear of self-help groups. But also, I love how you're talking about the positivity of the self-help group, like what we get out of it. Right. Yeah, I I totally agree. And it's um funny. I, I'm like, what is it that's making you not want to come? Because we're on Zoom now. I'm like, you could come on. I say, you don't have to get on the camera and you can mute your phone and just listen. You know, because it, it's important. And I think it, it's a trick to not come in the group because it, it's like you feel so much better once you you're done or when, you know, when you leave or just coming on it's like wow you know especially when you when you're not surrounded by people diagnosed with ms because now you have somebody that understands exactly you know and when you say i'm tired the person doesn't go me too and it's like no you don't know what my tired is you know type of thing and um now, when we say we're tired in group, they're like, yeah, it's like you understand. So it's just, it's fun having that understanding. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree. I love self-help group. I do. I think it's such a great space for conversations and shared experiences and just building kind of this network of support yeah. for yourself and for others. Right. So... You, you really, when Beth and I, so Beth and I ran that for about four years or facilitated for about four years. And then, um, we both had changes in our lives in 2017 and you came on board as amazing changes. Amazing. Thank you. Amazing changes. And you came on board to facilitate. And that was for Beth and I, you know, for a self-help group, when you lead it for that long and you facilitate it and you're so invested, it's hard to walk away from it as the facilitator because right, right. you're fearful that what if it doesn't last? What if these people don't continue to get the support that they need? And you stepped up in such a big way to facilitate that and keep it going. And then not only did you step up, then you basically like built it out and then you started a teen group. You've been running, you know, facilitating the YPG group now for, God, 17, so five years almost. And then tell us about this teen group. Is it that long? Yeah. Yep. 2017. Wow. Yeah, I'm not good at math sometimes. I'm like, fingers, (laughs) fingers, fingers, fingers. But, um, (laughs) like, wait. Um, But it's so funny because... uh, 
as soon as I started, I think I took over officially in July. And in that first group, there was a teenager in there. And he was not a mature teenager. He was like the annoying little brother teenager. And I told his mom, um, I was like, I feel like we're corrupting your son by him being in this group because we're talking about adult issues. And he's a freshman in high school, you know, like wanting to know, like, uh, would you get on your test or, you know, anything like that? So that's what made me start um, the youth group. The the uh, at the time it was called Seventeen and Under, and it was just you know me and the young man for about a year. And um, you know I'm like one day there's going to be another youth, and you know there's going to be another younger person. It's going to be great, blah blah blah. And so finally we had somebody else come, and I was like, we have a new person, and all of that. And then, um, it, again, it, it went maybe a year. It took a while for, um, you know, someone else to come, but I just, uh, part of the problem with pe- pediatric MS is that they don't want to talk about it. You know, there's, there's that embarrassment, um, you know, not taking, not even wanting to accept it. You know, it's like, I'm invincible. I don't need this, but, um, Fast forward, the group has grown so much. Like we had, I think right now there's like 17 or 15 something. I I don't know. I have to look. And it's become an international group because of COVID and as being, and I can't even blame it a hundred percent on COVID because um, we, the, maybe the fourth person that joined was in Arizona. and what's very common is that the parents reach out to me and then they just wait for the younger person to go, okay, I'm ready now. You know? And then when they come, they're like, Ooh, like, I'm so glad I did, but, um, they are my babies. They call me their MS mama and I am okay. And I would do turn into mama bear when they're not being treated right or, um, anything like that. But it is, the groups are, Uh, like extremely important to me because I want them to live life and not feel like they have to give up certain dreams and stuff like that because of a diagnosis. And actually the reason I didn't join a group was because I wasn't old and trying to retire. I'm single with no kids. So I'm not trying to, you know, be in a group of people that are retiring and woe is me. And so that was similar, you know, for the young man. He He's, you know, high schooler, and now you're in this group with older people. So I'm like, I know how it feels. Let's fix this. Um, but, yeah, they are amazing. Uh, amazing. So, yeah, I don't want to start talking about them because we'll be here for three hours. <laughs> we will be. And actually, you have a uh, new group member from Sweden. Yeah, and I actually, um, she she's going to be meeting the group for the first time today. So I'm like super excited about it. But I just. Oh, I hear it in your voice. I love it. Yeah, I'm just like, hey, guys, come on. Like we've been doing, um, the M- MS Youngsters has an Instagram page. And so we've been doing lives 
um, you know, throughout the week, like I have no idea who's going to pop up on the screen. Like I have uh, two today. So who I'll interview, I don't know, but it's just, it's fun and been, have been able to encourage people that have been following the MS Youngsters page, but not really um, stepping out there to say, hey, like I want to know about the group. So we've just been trying to encourage people like reach out, you know, it's OK. And um, I also realize how blessed we are in the U.S. that we have um, certain things as far as like the Internet and, you know, be able to talk freely and not being judged. And so just from, you know, looking at what's happening around the world. So I don't, um, I don't, I no longer take uh, logging on the internet and just, you know, clicking wherever I want to for granted, because it doesn't have to be that way. Right. That's so true. But yeah, those are my babies. So. Mm-hmm. so you are celebrating 15 years of being diagnosed. Congratulations. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> I am. Thank right? you. Yeah, every, every May I celebrate. Yes. Which I love. And absolutely. Yeah. You've, you've come to my celebration. I have, and I never celebrated my MS diagnosis year until I met you. Oh, nice. Now, since then, since we've been friends, I celebrated every year, my friend, every year. Awesome. I don't feel like I've been invited. Well, it's not a party. It's like I just celebrate it myself. <laughs> well, we have to fix that. You better call me. I don't know. We'll figure out something. Okay. This takes us to the huge party that you're throwing in May. I am. I want to talk about that because you are being honored. Mm-hmm. You have, I want to make sure I get this right. Um, so in 2021, or excuse me, in 2020, you received the Inspirational Person of the Year Award for the Southern California, Nevada chapter of the MS Society. You also received the 2020 Love Ladies Operating Very Effectively and the 2020 Volunteer Inspiration Award. And now you're going to have this huge party in May. I want you to tell our listeners all about it because it's incredible. First of all, I was shocked when they uh, told me at the beginning of this year that I received that for 2020. Um, and because the Southern California one was last year, you know, in January, I got that. And then a year later, this. And I was like, oh man, like we have to do our own celebrations because of um, COVID, you know. And so they're, you know, like, oh, do like a little something, something. And, um, uh, in December, my sister-in-law, she's amazing. She was working with an organization that had a virtual event. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so neat. Because you like, you create an avatar and you can literally walk around and do everything on your own. And I was like, gosh, it feels so good to feel normal again, you know, with my walking, like not worried about losing my balance. You can even dance you know, there. And so, um, yeah. So when I found out about receiving the award, I'm like, okay. I was like, what can I do? And I thought about that and I was like, okay, let me look at the date. I was like, okay, can't do February. That's too soon. March. No, 
April, the walks. I was like, May. I was like, I can do May. I'm like, let me look at the weekends in May. I'm like, can't do the first weekend. That's one of my best friend's birthdays. Can't do the second and the fourth weekend because that is the adult group and uh, MS youngsters. And so when I got to the third weekend, it was open and it's the 15th of May. And that's also 15 years that I've been diagnosed. And I'm like, oh, this is perfect. And so on May 15th. Serendipitous. Right, right. So May 15th, we are going to have a virtual event. And it is going to be from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And there's going to be an expo where you can meet different, uh, go to different vendors and um, all of that, like you're walking around a convention center. And then there will be a panel of doctors. Um, then a quick little award uh, ceremony, because it's myself and another gentleman. His name is John Strum. We live close to each other, and we both received the award. And there were like over 170 people that... Um, were nominated and they picked 11. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So we were two of 11. And so we'll do that. But then there's the House of Grooves. And so it's going to be a concert. It's trying to get different artists. There's going to be a comedian. And I am so excited about it. But then after the dancing and everything, we're going to go to the beach and have a fireworks show and just be able to talk to people and like literally. It is like you, your avatar walks around. You can walk up to people and talk. You can have private conversations. You can do all types of stuff. I am, yeah, I, when I tell you I am excited and what I, um, what I want to do is I don't want to have a set price because everybody's financial situation is different. Like I'm on disability. And so I know there have been a gazillion events that I could not afford. Um, because of my income and then the pandemic's going on. So people are losing their jobs, not being able to afford you know, housing or pay their bills. And it's like, pay what you can afford. If you can't pay anything, like if you can't afford, just let me know. Um, like when I tell you I'm so hyped about this event, because I'm like, I'm giving people a few hours to just feel and I put normal in quotes, but you, if you're dealing with, you know, any type of disability or sickness or whatever, you understand what I'm saying when I say feel normal. And I just think it's going to be great where it's like, and like your avatar, like can dance, dance, like it's do the running man, do swing, do cha-cha, do hip hop robot, you know, but it's just, it's fun to be able to dance and there will be performances. So when it is all said and done, you will feel like you just had a night out on the town and you could be watching in your pajamas. You could, all you need is a computer, um, laptop, desktop. Um, cause there's certain function keys that you'll need. Um, to like, if you want to shake somebody's hand, uh, you know, clap, if, whatever you want to do, you just use the keys on your keyboard, but nobody will ever see you. So, yeah, I'm just, I'm excited about it. So that's May 15th. Uh, anybody that's interested, because we're still, like, developing the site and everything, you can just reach out to me on um, Instagram, Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. My uh, name is consistent. It's Dania Marie. So D is in David, A-W, N is in Nancy, I-A, and then Marie. 
M-A-R-I-E. And um, yeah, I'm, I am excited about it. And so hopefully everything will be up within by April, I'm thinking, get registered and all that fun stuff. But it's such a great event. It, it it really is. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Me either. And I'm just, I'm like looking at the different artists. I'm like, okay, like we, we have to do this. But the comedian, I love him. He's great. He's actually a friend of mine, but he's been like on television and done different things. So he's super funny. But yeah, I just want people to have fun, fun, not like, uh, eh, it was all right. Like, no, I want you to have fun, fun. Yeah, we need some fun, fun. Uh, there we go. Yes, 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 yes. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so before we go, Dee, I want to know, how can our listeners, how can they become MS allies? Um, so my biggest thing is always find the bright side of every situation and also to keep living. Keep living, keep living, keep living. Um, don't feel like you cannot accomplish the things that you had planned before. Just find a different way to do it. Um, I I am very big on find the bright side of a situation. And it's like, okay, I'm diagnosed with MS or diagnosed with whatever. What can I do different now? What? Why am I diagnosed with this? And I, I don't know. I just. I just, my biggest thing is keep living. Don't give up on life. You know, be uncomfortable with stepping out of your comfort zone, you know, and do it like, just do it regardless of how you feel. You know, I've heard someone say, do it afraid. And it's like, yeah, like, go, go ahead and do that because um, it's so much better. Like, yeah, I think the results will shock the crap out of you. Like, man, I thought it was going to be this. And it's like, no, it's not. So yeah, just, Keep living. That That is, you know, what I say. And how can our listeners, how can our listeners who don't have disabilities or don't have MS, how can they support people with MS or become uh, allies of people with MS? Yeah. Um, well, one thing they could do um, if you want to volunteer with the society, but if you see someone, um, just ask. Don't assume anything. Don't compare them to someone else because MS is different for everybody. But come, treat, treat when you meet someone diagnosed with MS, treat them like you don't know anything about it and let them um, talk to you and you not talk at them. That is what I say do. I like that. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for being on today, Donia. I'm so grateful for you. Of course. Of course. So grateful for you. And I can't wait for the event. I'm so looking forward to it. Me either. And I really need to get working on it. Seriously. But thank you so much. And I love what you're doing and hope everyone takes advantage of the info they are learning. And once again, to our listeners, Thank you for spending your time with us and joining the Incluse This conversation and movement. Incluse This is brought to you by iLevel Communications, LLC. iLevel is a California-based woman and disability-owned small business committed to having critical conversations at iLevel that are necessary to move disability to the forefront of the greater diversity conversation. 
If you'd like to learn more about the work we're doing, please visit the website at www.ilevel.works. That's E-Y-E-L-E-V-E-L dot W-O-R-K-S. You can also email me directly with any podcast episode ideas or questions and comments at sarah at ilevel.works. Remember to put your disability lens on when you look at the world and tune in next week for another stimulating conversation on Inclus This, the podcast that's really a movement. Take care and be well. <laughs>